Today's episode, I have a special guest, Jen Martine. And Jen Martine is a Facebook ad manager and a Christian entrepreneur and freaking incredible. She started her journey as an executive assistant and transitioned to a Facebook ad manager, and she's learning a ton along the way. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, Serve Scale Store. My Confident Ad Manager training is kicking off right now. So head to confidentadmanager.com to get registered for this three-part training series. This is where I'm going to teach you how to confidently get Facebook and Instagram ad clients, even if you don't have any experience. This is for you if you're brand new to the ad game or if you already know how to run ads for clients, but you really want to find how to get high paying clients, this training is for you. It's our most popular training that we do at Brandy and Company, and it's only going to take place once in 2021. And now is your chance to register. So head to confidentadmanager.com to get registered today. Hey, Serve Scale Store family. I am so excited today to have one of our amazing students, Jen Martine, joining us on the show. So Jen has not only been part of Serve Scale Store, she's been in conversions for clients. She was part of the Soaring Inner Circle Mastermind, and she is an amazing, amazing woman, mom, business owner, and I cannot wait to share her story with y'all. So Jen, tell us who you are as a person and your business. Hi, Brandy. Yes, I am Jen. I am super excited and very honored to be here today. I am a wife to an incredible man of 22 years now. I'm a mom to three very loud and hilarious boys. The oldest is 20. He's in college. My middle one is 17. He is actually doing a year-long program at our church this year before he heads to college next year. And then my youngest is 15. He is homeschooled. So I am a homeschool mom running a business at home. And it is very important to me that I align my personal mission with my profession. And that is that I want to love and honor my creator by joyfully using the gifts he's given me in service to others to make a bigger impact in this world. And right now I'm getting to live that out by being a Facebook and Instagram ads manager. And I absolutely love what I get to do. Jen, I love the fact that you are using, you know, what you believe in in your personal life to really align that with your business. And so many people want to keep their personal life and their business two separate things. And as entrepreneurs and business owners, that is so hard to do. And I love the fact that you're not trying to do that. You're not trying to fight that divide, but you're merging them together. And there's so much power in that. So tell us, how did you think it started in the online space? Yeah. So actually, my business started about two years ago as a virtual assistant. Prior to that, I had various experiences as an administrative assistant. Nothing glamorous, but it was always jobs that I loved to do. I loved working for women and helping them see their visions become to reality and supporting them, pretty much helping them stay in the spotlight, if you will. Had a long season as a stay-at-home mom. I loved being home with my family and being present there. And about three years ago, I stopped working. I was working 
at the school where my boys were attending and where my husband had worked prior to that for 22 years, ever since college. So it was kind of all we had known. And we decided for various reasons to pull our boys home and homeschool them. And it was the best decision. We loved it. It was a great transition for our family. I loved being home with them and present. However, a few months into it, I started really struggling because I knew I had these giftings. I knew that I had things that I was passionate about and that I loved doing and that I could serve other people with those gifts and I wasn't using them. So I started looking into possibly being a virtual assistant. It was something that interested me. I could be at home with my boys and be present there and kind of had this side job, if you will. And soon after that, started talking with other friends. I started working for some good friends of mine who were really launching their, uh, it's a Christian parenting ministry. So I started doing everything for them, became a virtual assistant, absolutely loved it. It lit me up. I loved that I could balance work and family and homeschool at the same time. It was a great opportunity to really lean in and figure out what I liked to do and what I didn't like to do. I think that it's very normal for virtual assistants to start out doing all the things like we talk about. And soon afterwards, I really wanted to offer my services to more clients. And at the time, I was struggling with how do I how do I charge people for this? Even though my clients were paying, or my current my client at the time was paying me on a retainer fee. I didn't know what that translated to on an hourly basis to be able to do that to someone else that I didn't know. And uh, it was a little bit of limiting belief because I was struggling to even charge $20 an hour. I thought that was a really big ask. And part of it was not believing the value that I brought to the table and not leaning into the gifts that I had and how how valuable they were to support other clients. Then I found you, Brandy. <laughs> In 2019, I discovered you. You were a guest on a podcast that I was listening to. Jumped into Serve Scale Sore and I binged watched all of your videos, all the modules, all of the Zoom call trainings that you had within about a week to maybe a week and a half time. And that was hugely pivotal for me because you really challenged me in my thinking of what I could bring to the table and the value and the worth that I had with my skills that I could up-level that. And from there, pivoted to executive virtual assistant because I knew that's the experience that I had, and I was excited to offer those services. Ah, I love that. So I want to backtrack a little bit because I think this is something that's not talked about enough, and it's definitely part of my story, and it sounds like it's part of your story, but as moms, having this need to be more than just a mom. Like there's nothing wrong with just being a mom. And there's not a just part of that. Like being a mom is a full-time job, whether you're... You know, some people are like, oh, well, I'm a full-time mom. And it's like, well, all moms are full-time moms, no matter if they have a job, they don't have a job, they're at home, they're not at home, whatever that looks like. But there's also sometimes where we want more. And that was the Mm -hmm. like really motivator for me is yes, we needed more money for our family. But like, I had this craving to have something that was mine, that was 
more. And I think a lot of moms deal with that. And they think that they have to put this off on the back burner until their kids get in school. And then it gets, they get busy with sports and all these things and it gets pushed back and back and back and back Mm -hmm. until finally the, the kids are out of the house and they're like, okay, now it's my time. But there's no reason why as moms, we can't have our time as our children are growing up. And I love that you had that same like just, it's an urge almost and like a Mm -hmm. craving to have more and give more. And so I think a lot of, I love this conversation around this because I think a lot of moms deal with this and no one really talks about it being okay to have more. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And then talking about the $20 an hour, you said it was a limiting belief. And I think it's so easy for us to look back now and be like, oh, it was a limiting belief because I started at $15 an hour. (laughs) But sometimes we start out with these prices because we don't know what we don't know. When you're coming from, so a question for you, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want, but when you um, were working before, not online and not as a virtual assistant, how much were you getting paid per hour? Before, in my previous jobs, you mean? Yeah, you know, I don't even know what it translated to on an hourly basis. So I don't even know that I could (laughs) have the the information to accurately answer that. But I think that I was always on the lower end of the spectrum. To me, it was more part-time work and something that I could do along with the importance that it was to me to be present with my family. And I just didn't have these huge aspirations to work full time and hit these huge revenue goals. I loved the fact that I could work at the school where my boys were attending. I could be present there and where my husband worked. So it was, I think, more than the amount that I was asking for. It was also I think I was in this, what you said is very true. I didn't know what was possible and I was comparing myself to other people who were offering similar services, who were doing it for much cheaper. And I thought that was all that I could do. And what I learned from you, Brandy, was what is truly possible. And the other women before me had done this and they had been able to charge more, work less, offer retainer fees, if you will, and not just be stuck in that hourly rate. I think that it's, like you've said before, when we're charging hourly, we're we're not able to improve our skills or get faster at what we do. If anything, then we pay ourselves less because we're in that rat race of the hourly payment. So yeah, it was learning what was possible and also not comparing myself to other people. I love that. And really where I was going, and I that's beautiful, and I, I so appreciate you sharing, is that when we come into the online space, it's this whole new world for the majority of us. So I, before this, I was a director in a direct sales company. And so that wasn't like my money was always like all over the place. Like it wasn't, and I was hustling, like truly hustling. So there was no way to put like a dollar amount really to what I was doing unless I like really like sat down and did it. But before that, from the age of 14 until I went to law school, I worked in restaurants. So you're looking at $3.50 an hour plus tips. Yes. But, and then once I bartended, you know, it broke down to like way better, but there was days where like it did break down to $7.50 an hour and then other times $100 an hour. So once again, there was Mm. no like... I was never charging per hour for anything. I was never getting a paycheck that was per hour. And I think a lot of times when we come on, you know, minimum wage is going up, but still in a lot of states, it's only $750 or something. Right. So we come in and we're like, well, if we're making $20 an hour, that's like incredible because that's 3X, 
you know, almost what minimum wage is, but we don't take into account like, Hey, we're going to have to pay taxes (laughs) and all this (laughs) stuff because we're business owners. And so we look at this and that feels like, I remember charging $15 an hour and that felt like huge. I was like, Holy cow. And there's people charging 30. Like, what is this? And so sometimes I don't necessarily, and with you, 100% could have been, but a lot of times it's not a limiting belief. It's just, we just don't know what's possible. Yeah. And I love that once we get into the space, we can see what's possible. But I also love that you brought up looking side to side and comparing what other people who were doing the exact same services you were doing were charging. And so after you raised your prices, you went to packages. What was really like that aha moment that you had that was like, holy cow, I can charge more than these other people. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that. And I think to elaborate more on that point is for me specifically, I've talked about this with several other people is I've been on this journey of really leaning into my identity, discovering the gifts that I've been given. And for a long time, I knew that I had the gift of administration, but to me, that always seemed less than. I had desired having greater gifts. I wish that I was better at this, or I wish that I was more of a visionary. And I didn't fully embrace the gifts that I was given. But on this journey and over this time period, around that same time period, I began really embracing how God created me and not seeing anything as less than and not comparing myself to other people. And so once I truly embraced that, I feel like that is when things have opened up. And it also, I think that more layers are coming off of me. I think I'm shedding some layers and other limiting beliefs. And what's happening is I thought that my gifts were in this area over here. And now I'm discovering I have way more giftings that are now bubbling to the surface that to me are so exciting. I had said before, I think you've heard me say it, that I'm not the visionary. I'm the one who loves working with details. I mean, hello, my business name is delightful in the details. That describes me really well. But here I thought that I wasn't the visionary, but now that I'm at this point in my business, what I'm discovering is I am a visionary. I have all these ideas of where I want to take my business now, and it is beautiful. It's exciting. I'm so, so grateful. So I think that part of that limiting belief and what I cho- what I charged was it, it's where I felt like I was stuck and what I believed was true about myself. And now I'm on a completely different, in, in a completely different place and uh, on my journey. So I love that. And entrepreneurship is like the biggest life learning lesson at Absolutely. warp speed. Like warp yeah. speed, we're learning life lessons super quickly. So you keep talking about you're discovering yourself, you're finding your gifts. What are some of the ways that you're actually doing this? What are some of the ways that I'm Finding out who you are, like, finding out, are you, oh. you know, like I can say I, last year I did a lot of self-discovery and it was yeah. really digging into human design and my strength finders and leaning into those type of things, meditating, journaling. So what are the things that you're doing to find your gifts? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it goes back to my personal mission. And so as a Christian, I love every morning, I love spending time 
praying, journaling, reading, just imagining, that is something that is a daily practice for me. And it has been hugely part of this growth process and discovering what is my next step. And I don't always have to know what next year is going to look like. I love that I have visions for my business, but it is a daily journey. For me, that is my faith journey with God. I hear from him clearly and it is one step at a time. So every day holds new opportunities and new things. So I think that has been part of the journey that I am learning more things about myself. And also, I know we've had several conversations about the Enneagram. That has been a huge way that I've uncovered things about myself and what my inclinations are and motivations are and weaknesses. And I think we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit with some of the business, business advice that I've been given. So what is your Enneagram number? I'm a one. Okay. So, so you're Steph. I am like I know Stephanie. A lot, I know yes. a lot of about ones only because of Stephanie. Yes, so, exactly. Okay. So I am the improver or the perfectionist is what they are sometimes called. I like to consider myself more the improver. So that has been a huge part in discovering some of my gifts as well. But learning that done is better than perfect. That has been my mantra that I don't always have to continue tweaking things that I just need to get it out there. Spelling mistakes are okay. You have taught me that. (laughs) And it's about moving forward. So I love it. That's beautiful. Okay. So now you're, you shared with my audience, executive assistant, but I know that you're a Facebook ad manager. So how did you go from executive assistant? You know, you got into service scale soar, you were able to really get that going. One, how far did you get revenue wise as an executive assistant? What was your highest month as executive assistant? Oh, four figures, barely. And so that was something that I had found you and within a couple of months. And so I found you a few months before conversions for clients. So wanted to offer my services as a virtual assistant, was advertising that more as an EVA. But Facebook ad management had always interested me because of what I saw my initial clients doing with their course and membership. So they had hired a marketing company and I started learning about what they were doing with Facebook ads. And when you opened conversions for clients, that was that was my next step. I was really excited. And whether I decided not to do that as a service, I knew I wanted to learn and be prepared for it because it interested me at the time and jumped in I was, I felt so new and it was exciting. And I pivoted my services pretty soon after that. And then as you Hold know, on one second, I just yep. want to interrupt you real quick. Yep. One, I just want everyone to know, because this is something that comes up is people are like, oh, admin stuff, like executive virtual assistants, integrators, OBMs, we can't scale our business. And so we need to pivot to something else. That is 100% not true. And that's not what Jen is saying. She's saying like it wasn't the direction her business went, but we have podcast episodes with Priscilla, Corinne, so many amazing EVAs and OBMs that are scaling $10,000 plus months as solopreneurs. And so we'll link those up. So I just don't want anyone to be like, ah, I knew it. Admin positions can't scale. That is not true. That just was not Jen's direction. So tell us you you join us inside Convergence for Clients and then what happens? 
So if, let me backtrack on that point. I knew that's what excited me about what I was learning in Surf Scale Soar is that I could grow and scale my business as an EVA. And quite honestly, around that time, I started reading Michael Hyatt's book. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe we'll mention that later. But it was about finding your virtual assistant or finding your executive assistant. And as I read that book, I learned, you know, here I thought of these things were me, but this doesn't sound like something that excites me. So that's when I was considering offering another service. Not that it wasn't possible to scale that, but I was questioning whether that was truly for me or not. And the book she's referring to is Michael Hyatt's world-class assistant. If you are in the admin space, holy cow, it's so good. There is some parts that you want to like X out, but it's such a good resource. They even give you like templates and stuff. So definitely check that out if you are an EVA, OBM, any admin. Yeah. So now let's talk about Facebook ads. What does your business look like now that you pivoted and went to Facebook ads? Yeah. So I started offering those services strictly and then... March of 2020 hit. And as we all know, I originally wanted to go in starting off serving local businesses. Well, that changed. So many local businesses pulled out of the advertising space and so many more were pivoting online. So I jumped in on focusing on serving online businesses and I knew the value of niching down from what you had taught, from what others in the online space had taught. And I decided to niche down to the health, wellness, and personal development space. That is something that interested me. I used to be a personal trainer for a season in my life. I love weightlifting. I love keto diet. I love working out with my husband. And that was a natural fit. And a few months into it, what I found was, although I love that, I found that I was attracting more Christian entrepreneurs. And I think that it's because I was very open about my faith and who I am as a person that I naturally just kept attracting more Christian entrepreneurs who were so excited to find me, who said, I, I've been looking for someone who ha- has the same faith as I do. I'm really excited. So it was, I think, several months into it, I decided to pivot and really boldly say, I work or I serve Christian entrepreneurs who are launching a course membership or online program. And part of that is I do not discriminate. It's not a requirement of of any of my clients. It's not a question that comes up in our consultation calls. It's more rather the opposite. As long as they know who I am as a person and what I believe, and they are great with that, they're not repelled by it, awesome. For me, it's more important about being true to who I am and what I believe and serving my clients with excellence and integrity, no matter what their faith journey is. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I love the freedom that we have in our businesses to do that. I love that. And it also doesn't make sense for you to take on clients who are outside of your beliefs because there's probably someone else that can serve them better anyway. Yeah, exactly. And what I found is probably at any point in time, about half of my clients, I have no idea what their faith system is or what their belief system is. And it's not necessarily that I don't work with anyone who is not a believer. 
To me, what is more of a requirement, if you will, is that I'm excited about the business that I'm promoting for them as an ads manager. And I love that you shared with you shared with us before on one of your motivational Mondays that if someone has a business that you're not passionate about and you know someone else can serve them better, you refer them. So for me, if if I'm not really excited about their niche and I know another ads manager who has experience with that and is more lit up and excited about that industry, I have no problem referring them to that ads manager because they would serve them at a much higher level. Yeah. And so I was, when you said motivational Monday, I was like, oh my God, what is she going to say? I said, so I love that. And yeah, it's one of the examples I always use is like, if someone comes to me and they have an MLM business, it's a hard no for me. Right. Um, and that's exactly. just because I have all my baggage with that. And it's not something <laughs> I'm going to promote. There's other, we, I have about five business examples that are like hard no's for me. Like I just know mm. if they came to me and they said this was their industry, it would be a hard freaking no. And so I think that that's good for us to have those hard no's in our businesses because it really helps us to make sure that we're working in alignment with our values and our core beliefs. And those are so important. So if you don't have a list of businesses that are hard no's for you, I would dig into that a little bit because we should all have those hard no examples. And yeah, you'll attract the right people. And that sounds like what you've been doing, Jen. So I also want to talk about, so now you're a Facebook ad manager you went from making like just a few thousand and I don't mean just that's incredible right right. (laughs) like where's your revenue like what's been your highest month now Yeah, my highest month has been just over 8K. It's not been consistent 8K months. So it varies a little bit, but I am on track to meet my revenue goals for 2021. And I'm really, really excited about that. Do you want to share what your revenue goals are? You knew I was going to ask. Yep. My (laughs) revenue goal for 2021 is to hit 100K. And part of that is because I know it's possible and I want to do it. That is my next step. And I want to be able to have more choices for myself, for my family, and give more and be able to serve clients so that they can have the same. Basically, it is it boils down to the choices that we have, the freedoms that we have in our business, and helping others reach their goals as well. I love that. And you never have to explain. I'm glad you did. Yeah. But I, I just want to make this note is we never have to explain our goals to anyone, right? especially if they're revenue goals. I remember just feeling so bad about wanting million and like coaches asking me like, but why do you want million? And I was like, so I can freaking hit million. Like that was yeah. in the beginning what it was about. And I found out what it was really about as the journey went on. But I was also, I've been reading Untamed and I'm like, yes, why as women do we have to explain Mm. why we want to make money? Like no Mm -hmm. one asks men, if a man were to say like, I want to have a million dollar business, everyone would be like, oh, heck yeah, you do, man. Like high five, bro. And for women, they're like, but why? And it's like, why not? Why shouldn't we strive for that? So I'm glad you explained, but I also want you to know you would never have to explain your goals. Yeah. And that's a, that's such a great point, Brandy. And and I do so appreciate that. I think that that's very important to remember. I think part of it is also that I've been challenged to really dig deeper into that why. So I think that it is a good practice not to lose sight of the why simply because I think that we can easily get on this track of 
being so focused on that goal. Whereas if we don't hit it when we expect to, or when we want to, it's also remembering why we're doing this. And sometimes those revenue goals might change depending on the circumstance that's happening in our life, in our business, in our family, and and it's okay. So I think for me, the value in knowing the why has been that journey of digging deeper and really uncovering and discovering why is it that I really want that and why is it important? So yeah, I think those are great points. Yeah. And internally, I 100% believe we should all know why we're shooting for something. Absolutely. And share that, like journal that. And if you want to share it, absolutely. But also I want everyone to know, like externally, we don't have to explain ourselves to anyone. Absolutely. And so it's the same thing with like when people compliment, women are so bad at taking compliments. And Mm -hmm. so if someone says, Oh, I love your sweater. And our first instinct is, oh my gosh, I got it on discount. Like, yeah. something <laughs> like that. Like, you need to explain why we, or like, oh, I have this, like, you know, we always feel this need yeah. to explain. And let's just stop explaining because men yep. do not explain. They yep. just say thank you and go with it. There you so go. So it's the same thing. Like, I 100%, I'm so glad you brought that up because internally, we do need to know why we're working for something. Yeah. And that could be to say, I freaking did it. And here's right. like, my achievement, check that off. Or it can be for a deeper purpose. And I think a lot of times we find that purpose on our way. And it's not necessarily something that like we know right off the bat when we set these goals, but those goals were put into your heart and which means Mm -hmm. that they've already happened. Like your success is inevitable. That is going to happen because you've already set that intention. But the big thing is like, we we'll figure it out along the way, like what our purpose is, why we're doing this, but just knowing that we never have to explain ourselves, I think is such an important lesson that I'm learning along this journey. So, okay, Jen, so you're crushing it as a Facebook ad manager. You've really niched down, you're serving your ideal client. So tell me what has this done for your life? Oh, what has it not done for my life is what what I feel like I can say. It has been really exciting. Brandy, you've known me for a while now. I've been in your mastermind. You've heard me say so many times, I do not want to start a course or a membership. I have no desire for that. Here's, you know, here's what I think I want for my business and what has what has happened. Part of what I shared before of these new gifts bubbling to the surface and I have found I'm stepping out and doing things that last year I would have been really fearful of doing. And I'm actually in the process of recording a course right now, just a small course to help my ideal clients who are not yet ready for me get their first ad up and running so that they can start growing their warm audiences, even if their course or online program has not yet been started. So that's really what I'm excited about. And I have really leaned into Clubhouse. I love, love, love networking over there. I've led several rooms. I've co-moderated with so many of my friends in this space. And I have found that so enjoyable. Whereas before, I didn't think that I would like that, but I found that I do. And from that, I have... uh, gotten a lot of clarity and created my first Facebook group just a few days ago. It is a free networking space for Christian entrepreneurs who are wanting to launch a course or a membership, or they have extensive experience doing that and they can network and help each other, but also a place for them to find service providers who can support them in their journey of launching. So it has been very exciting. I think Clubhouse has allowed that 
clarity because I've heard from so many people. I just wish that I could, I I haven't found a space like this before. I've been wanting to connect with other Christians and and doing this similar uh, interest, if you will, and supporting each other. So it's been really encouraging and I love Love networking. That's probably the favorite part of my business is networking, building new friendships, serving amazing clients. And yeah, it's so fun. I love that. So let's, this has been so incredible, Jen, so many takeaways. And so let's jump into some rapid fire before we wrap this up. Yep. What is your favorite part of conversions for clients? Ooh, favorite part of conversions for clients. You know what it is. It's being in the group. I love the community and the support and the friendships, the networking, all that happens in the Facebook group. I think that the course itself and all of your trainings and how you continue to add to it is hugely foundational. I I can't tell you how many times I've watched the videos and I have two screens, two computer screens. I'll be watching your video on one. I'll have an ad account open on the other and I'm following step by step. It just makes it very easy to understand. And so those are hugely impactful to go back through and just confirm that I'm doing things the way that I'm taught and that you recommend. And then, but the Facebook group is just invaluable. I love the networking and the relationships that you, it is your superpower. You're so good at creating that kind of space for everyone. I just create the Facebook group. Y'all are the ones that make it. Um, Okay. So what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Yeah. So actually I have three. One of them I mentioned before is that done is better than perfect. The other one is action creates clarity. For me, that has been huge. It's one step at a time. I don't have to know exactly what's going to happen, you know, too far in advance, but just that faith journey of taking one, it's one decision, one day, one step at a time. And that uh, my favorite, it's not a business advice, but I do consider it the same. It's my favorite verse is everything is possible for the one who believes. And when I believe anything is possible, I know it can happen. And like you said earlier, the desires that we have, I know that the desires in my heart, I believe are God given and there's a reason for it. So it's asking, okay, where do you want to take this? Like where, what is next? What is possible with the desire that I have this little seed that's planted in me and it's fun to see it come to fruition. Love it. Love it. And then what does success mean to you? Success to me means choices. Yeah. That is my definition of success. So I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in a place where I do have a lot more choices, a lot more freedom. Well, thank you so much. This has been so great. And where can my audience connect with you? Yeah. Anywhere online, on Instagram, on Facebook as uh, delightful in the details. That is my business name. But now you can also connect with me on clubhouse at Jen Martine. It's spelled like Martin. We mispronounce it. I don't know why, but uh, I'm over there. And then of course, anywhere as uh, launching for Christians, that's the Facebook group and hopefully the clubhouse club very soon. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Brandy. I appreciate it. Y'all how amazing was that episode? Jen has truly, truly shared with us so many golden nuggets from finding her people, Christian entrepreneurs, to how we don't as women have to explain our goals, to how niching down really helped her scale her business, and how pivoting because of her gifts was her biggest gift, and then how she's using Clubhouse to find her community. All of this were so many gold nuggets and so much more. 
Jen is part of our conversions for clients community. And if you would like to join us and learn how to become a Facebook ad manager, we have a free training going on right now. So join us at confidentadmanager.com and register for our three part training series that's live. And it's going on right now where I teach you how to land clients as a Facebook and Instagram ad manager. Even if you don't have any experience, this is the exact same training that Jen went through before she started her business. So head to confidentadmanager.com today to register. And until next week, y'all go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve Scale Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.